The second stroll in the evening at a balanced dinner, had a bath some time later and then went to bed. It bored me stupid to start with. No alcohol, no partying, no friends, colleagues, worries and buzzes. Just the calming presence of Chaz and my parents. But before long, I began to redefine what I previously called boredom as relaxation and good health and realised that these things were gradually leading me towards happiness. Chaz started off by visiting, then staying over occasionally. He'd been released from prison a couple of years back, after assaulting a paedophile who just happened to be the stepfather of my closest childhood friend, Sarah. For years this man had set about ruining the lives of children he had unsupervised access to. He'd almost ruined mine and had succeeded spectacularly with Sarah. It was terrible in my eyes that Chaz had been punished so severely. After his release, Chaz was paroled to his family home in Edinburgh. His parents were posh, serious types, who wanted Chaz to turn his life around, get a sensible job and a different girlfriend. Ever the rebel, he continued to paint and commuted to my house as often as he could. When Chaz declared that he was no longer on parole and could therefore live wherever he wanted, I asked him to move in. He kissed his worried parents goodbye and arrived at the door with two large suitcases. Each morning after that, Chaz would head off to the space he'd rented at the sculpture studios in Hillfoot and spend his day painting from the sketches he'd made all over the world. He travelled for years after we shared a flat at uni, sketching his way through latitudes. But after he came back and we got together, he hid them from me. It was a surprise, he said. He'd show me if he ever had an exhibition. It took time, but I was gradually coming to terms with the death of my best friend, Sarah. Her name always followed the word poor in my mind. Poor Sarah had a terrible childhood. Poor Sarah couldn't get pregnant. Poor Sarah was betrayed by her husband, Kyle, and her best friend, me. Poor Sarah killed herself. After months of waking to a sick feeling in my tummy, with poor Sarah's face hovering over my bed, I began to feel better. I felt I had everything a girl could possibly hope for a beautiful, healthy three-year-old son who made up songs to the tune of the Teletubbies, Mum and Daddy, Mum and Daddy, eat fried rice, Mum and Daddy, Mum and Daddy are very nice, and I saw them kissing. Yuck! A loving partner who always had the time and energy to hold and comfort me, who knew how to change my negative thoughts to positive ones, my bad moods to good, who always had the right answer when I asked him, sometimes in the middle of the night, if everything was going to be okay. Yes, baby girl, he would reply. Everything is perfect, because I love you more than anything in the world. I even love you more than pizza. Chaz really loved pizza. I had two wonderful, generous parents, who had put weekend getaways on hold and given over two of their precious bedrooms to help me get back on track. 
and I had an immensely good haircut. After wearing it long and wavy for years, and mostly shoving it back in a ponytail to get it out of the way, one day when a wonderful feeling overtook the sickly one in my tummy, I decided it was time for layers. I called Jenny, hairdresser to the stars and me, and she layered it with glee till I looked glowingly thirty-five, and for days afterwards everyone stopped me to say how terrific I looked. The haircut signalled the end of a phase in my life and the beginning of another. It was time to move back into my own flat, time to get a job. I was ready to get back out there, into the real world. I think Mum and Dad were ready too. Mum missed her creative room, which had been taken over by wooden train tracks and a cot bed, and Dad missed the spare bedroom Chas and I slept in, which he had used to decamp to when Mum got fidgety feet in the middle of the night.